What's up, everybody? You're listening to Our Future, the business podcast for young people. I'm your host, Michael Zakan, a junior at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, and I realized that business podcasts were long and boring. Three times a week on my show, in short, fun, and informative interviews, you will hear from the founders and executives shaping our future. My next guest is Dan Springer, CEO of DocuSign, the global leader in e-signatures and one of the undisputed business winners of the Corona economy. In March 2020, DocuSign had a market cap of $15 billion. Today, try $40 billion. I'll say it again, $40 billion. Shares have surged over 156% year to date, but that kind of makes sense given only 30% of paperwork was done digitally before COVID hit, and DocuSign is here to bring business fully into the digital age. This was a super exciting interview. Let's dive in. Dan, when you were my age, 20 years old, did you ever envision yourself running a multi-billion dollar company one day? No. Uh, when I was 20, I thought I was actually going to work in finance. I always sort of thought myself that I'd probably be more likely a banker type. Uh, and when I was in college, I thought I was going to uh, end up doing that. Uh, in fact, I never ended up working in financial. Well, I never worked in investment banking financial services. I did uh, end up running a credit card and uh, online financial services fintech company. But, but uh, yeah, so I never saw myself doing that. But I did have a perspective that I was looking for an aggressive career growth professionally but I never thought about myself in sort of running a business, much more in a professional services way. Dan, you joined DocuSign like pretty much right before it went public. What was it like joining a company that already had so much momentum, like just blazing away towards, you know, the bell ringing? It was interesting because the last company I had, Responses, uh, I was there for it was a 10-year run. We went public after seven years. And it was a long, hard sort of slog uh, to get there. And you're right, DocuSign, I joined and people were saying, we're ready to go. I mean, we weren't quite ready, but people were ready uh, to try to go public. And so the expectation was, uh, you know, let's make this, pull this thing together and go fast. I can tell you the answers. It's a lot more fun joining a company that's already great and, uh, and taking that cakewalk to the IPO process than it is doing the hard work over seven years. There's, there's joy in work, there's value in work, but it's great when it's just fantastic uh, right from the beginning. Your company was valued in 2018 at around $6 billion. And now, Dan, it's it's valued at around $40 billion. Do you think that your company was undervalued before coronavirus? Or it was a combination where in coronavirus, the pandemic created more demand for your product just by the nature of work today? I think I think both are true. I think the answer is it was a valuable company back then, and I think it was reasonably valued. The growth potential maybe wasn't quite uh, seen by the market, and there was a question. We talked about the total addressable market, or TAM, and we said it's a $25 billion market we're going after. And people thought, maybe it's that big, maybe it's not quite that big. And now, as we've seen the growth the last couple of years, people are starting to say, we see it. We see that you know DocuSign is going to be that successful, uh, and you're right. COVID though came in and accelerated last quarter our growth, and we were already off to a great start. But we saw the work from home phenomenon that, that's driven by you know, people like me right now working from home uh, has increased the demand for for services like DocuSign, um, and so we saw that acceleration. Uh, people ask, is it properly valued today? It's a high valuation, you know, uh, but um, but I think the growth. <laughs> prospect here is so good. And we're such early days, even though the business is, you know, well over a billion dollars of revenue, it's still early days for this business, Michael. So I could see us continue to grow at these same rates for years and years to come. 
And then that would make a evaluation like we have right now reasonable. And when we think of DocuSign, we just think of that nice digital signature, send the document through, you know, the deal's live. But you guys are expanding to, to this larger kind of, kind of offering. Could you touch on the future for the business? Absolutely. You know, it's funny. We always say signature is great. When people say DocuSign, they think he's signature. And of course, one of my jobs is to, to explain what I'm about to take you through is this broader vision for what we call the agreement cloud. But it's not because we don't think signature is great. It's just we think companies need more and companies need our help, not just in getting agreements routed around and signed, although they do need that. They also need agreements to be prepared before they can enter into that signing process. They also need to take actions on those agreements. So sometimes you, you do an agreement with someone and then you want to kick off a payment process, for example, or you want to kick an API to go integrate with one of your other systems, like your CRM system or your ERP system. And then after you've done that, you have all these agreements. What do you do with them? How do you manage them? How do you do advanced analytics against those agreements? How do you run your business better because you understand that body of agreements? So we now call that the four phases of the agreement, uh, the preparing, the signing, the acting on, and the managing. And we're busy building functionality across each of those. Um, we've done a couple of acquisitions. We bought a company called Spring CM that's in the CLM space or contract lifecycle management space. And we've also just recently in May bought a company called Seal Software where we were an investor and a go-to-market partner for advanced analytics or AI component. So we're putting these other pieces together that will fundamentally build out that broader agreement cloud. And that's the future of DocuSign. As a young entrepreneur, you know, I'm realizing just all this legal stuff, like it can really get in the way. Uh, you know, these documents are projectiles between the inboxes of lawyers and corporate executives and stuff just takes a long time. So, you know, there's been uh, talk about how companies need to be more agile, right? They need to be able to, to pick up ideas quicker. They need to, to think on their feet and, and be extremely innovative. Do you see DocuSign as playing a role in, comp in helping companies just transact faster and getting stuff off the ground quicker than they would have before? Yeah, you know, it's funny when we talk about the benefits of DocuSign, the first thing people always go to is sort of the savings, but actually you're hitting on a really important point. Sometimes the bigger value for people is the acceleration of their business. If you're doing a sales contract and you right now in the old line system, you mail it to someone, maybe you send it in a FedEx, they get that contract in their office before COVID. It gets even harder with the COVID. Then they have to route that around. Maybe two or three people have to sign it. One person is on vacation one day. The contract sits there and waits for a day. Then they finally get it signed. They send it back to you. Then you enter all the information from that into your system. It was like, that could take a week or two. And with DocuSign, the vast majority of the contracts are done in one day. Over half of them are done in an hour. So it accelerates that, in this case, entrepreneur's business. They can make things happen so much faster. And the other big component is the experience is better. And so the benefit that happens when you actually send me a contract and I can actually just agree it and sign it on my phone and send it back to you in the same hour and not have to think about it, I'm happier working with you because you're now easier to do business with. So say my email is hacked and someone intercepts a document, you know, gives it an old signature. How does DocuSign verify the identity of the signee? Yeah, so we do a couple things. So first thing is important to understand that depending on the nature of the agreement, our customers can pick how much security they want to have. Some people say, uh, as your question alluded to, I'm just going to send you an email. If Michael opens up an email and signs it. I'm going to assume it was he that did it. Some people say, you know, this is a really important agreement. I want two-factor authentication. I want to send you that agreement, open it up, and then before you can sign it, you need to contact me for me to send you a SMS that's going to be a message that comes with a code. Now you enter the code. So now someone would have to hack your email and your phone to be able uh, to intercept that message. 
Some people say that's not enough. Particularly in Europe, we see this certain countries like Germany and France want email, SMS, and then they also want to have you hold up a picture ID, government ID, and turn it around to the back where there's a little code on the back. And we scan the code to confirm that a person now would have had to hack your email, steal your phone, have your password on your phone, and have stolen your wallet to have your ID and then show the little code on the that they're you. Then we can go one step further. We now can do facial recognition and you can say, now I want to turn around that government-sponsored ID that has a picture on it and have a put it up to your phone or your computer, just like we're doing right now, take an image of your face and the picture on it. So someone has to look like you and so, you know, all that list of components. We actually do a timestamp, a date stamp, a location stamp where we look at the IP address that you're calling in for. So we, we don't tend to have a lot of problems on that anymore. But initially, people were nervous about it. Now the world, I think, gotten to be pretty comfortable with the idea of these signatures. And you also have increased uh, demand amongst your clients for your services and more people signing on. I think you talked about it, like a 59% lift when it's usually in the 30s. So, so you know, you guys are really successful during kind of this crisis right now. What's one thing you want to get right going out of it? I think the biggest thing for us is growing faster feels great, but there's two challenges you really have to manage. One, you have to make sure your customer success stays high. We don't want to have a situation where we're bringing on more customers, but we're not making them successful on our platform because there's sort of too many of them. And they'll give you another magnitude. Yeah, we had uh, normally in the first quarter, we get about 3,000 new customers. This last Q1, we had 10,000 new customers come on board. So wow. a lot more customers go on board, right? We have to be ready for it. Our team have to work really hard around the clock to make that successful. But I think we did a good job. But that growth continues. How do we manage that growth? And the second thing is about our employees. And we want to make sure that we don't get burnout. If you grow too fast, sometimes you, you can't really take care of your employees the way you want to take care of them. So the two big things I'm focused on, I'm happy to have the extra growth as long as we keep our high level of customer success and we don't have our employees getting to a situation where they're sort of feeling burnt out uh, by coming on to uh, you know, support our customers. You know, there's been a huge wave of protests lately, you know, in response to the, to the death of George Floyd and uh, all these conversations on the diversity front. Uh, is DocuSign uh, taking a stand in, in what's going on and putting forth some action uh, in regards to kind of this, this new uh, fight for equality that we're kind of restarting and, and putting more energy into? No, it's a really interesting, but a really complex topic. So, um, you know, I always start with this phenomenon as, you know, an uh, older white male, uh, my kind of understanding and my sensitivity and ability to, to sort of grasp what the experience in America is like for people uh, that don't have all the privileges uh, and privilege that I have. Um, and you always have to start from a humble position of saying, I, I, I want to understand, but I don't want to be presumptuous and say I do understand because it's just such a different experience than you know I've grown up with. Um, at the same time, I think that's not a, a good excuse anymore to not engage. So we came out with a public statement um, that we're supportive uh, of that movement and that we think all companies need to think about racial equality as something that they need to support both internally and externally. From an external standpoint, we've mostly been financially supportive. We've um, uh, sort of earmarked half a million dollars to uh, social justice organizations uh, that have a focus on racial equality. The first $100,000 we just gave away to the NAACP uh, and awesome. their education efforts. Um, and then secondly, we've also said to our employees, and this part I'm even more focused on, if you make gifts to organizations like these, we, the company will double match your gift. So you give a dollar, we'll give two. And then I'm personally also matching those gifts. 
So if an employee gives a dollar to an organization or a thousand dollars to an organization, we do up to ten thousand. They give ten thousand dollars. Pakistan will give twenty. I'll give another ten thousand. So forty thousand will go to that organization. We have dramatically exceeded over a million dollars already in our employees making these gifts. Um, I'm writing. You can do the math. A bigger check than I was planning on writing. Uh, but seeing our employees engage like that, I'm very pleased to to write that check. And then the last areas are things that we're trying to do inside our company. It's easy to tell other people they should do things to drive more um, sort of equality, but we need to look inside and say, are we driving the right diverse and inclusive culture at DocuSign? Well, I think there's some things we do really well. I think we have significant gaps. Uh, And our biggest gaps are around getting representation throughout the company, particularly at senior levels uh, for our um, black and our uh, Latinx uh, employees. And I don't think we're where we need to, to be. And then the other one is we have an environment issue, which I think people generally love being at DocuSign. Our employees, all the companies in the world on Glassdoor were the top three this last year. So that means employees are pretty happy working at DocuSign. Um, and when we do that and look at the information demographically, internal and external, um, our Black employees are pretty happy. Our Latinx employees are pretty happy. Our women are pretty happy. But none of them are quite as happy as our white male population. I am comfortable patting ourselves on the back for some of the financial things I described earlier. We've done a lot in a fast period of time, and I feel great about it. On the internal ones, it's it's not about doing programs. It's about having impact. We haven't had the impact yet that I could say I'm really proud of. So I'd have to say where we are at DocuSign, we're incomplete um, on that effort. I'm a tough grader, but, but we, we got to do better. Uh, and it's kind of my job as CEO to make sure we do better. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys are, are standing up and kind of, you know, going ahead and being this great corporate citizen with, with what you're doing. And another part of being a corporate citizen is is thinking about the, like the world we live in. You talked about environment in the workplace. Let's talk about the environment as planet Earth. Do you guys have any stats on how much paper you guys have saved? A year and a half ago, we announced at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Here's All this. Oh, powerful people. All in this one little tiny uh, Swiss town. And uh, I was there with Jane Goodall, uh, the noted environmentalist uh, who uh, decided to get behind uh, DocuSign. And we've now become great friends. Like I was just emailing with her yesterday. Uh, we're going to do an uh, event together. And we, I spent Sweet. the game. And by the way, if you ever go to any readers out there, if you ever want to go, listeners, to Davos, go with someone like Jane Goodall because the whole world wants to meet Jane Goodall. So if you're walking around with her for a week, everyone comes up and says hi. And then you say, I'm from DocuSign. Most people know DocuSign. So you get to meet all the banking leaders, you know, Jamie Diamond coming up to you and, and saying hi because you're with uh, you were Jane Goodall. But um, Great. he's really gotten excited about DocuSign has such an obvious thing, right? If you stop people from doing things with paper, you actually cut down fewer trees. And uh, we now on our website, if you sign a DocuSign, one of our corporate customers, we keep track of, we, we do the pounds of wood that you've saved from trees. We look at the... Um, the smaller environmental footprint you have, because if you if you sign a document with DocuSign, you also don't have members of like shipping documents around. So if you're shipping documents and you're making paper, you use a lot of power and energy to make the paper, much less send it in FedEx or the mail. So that actually has a big CO2 impact. So we kind of keep track of that. We show how much water you save, how much energy you save, and how much paper you save when you use DocuSign. So it's a huge part of who we are uh, as a company. You know, I think that's a good piece of advice. You know, next time I want to go to Davos, I'll just call up Jane Goodall. But uh, on a a more uh, broad level piece of advice to to students who, you know, want a a great career and and want to succeed in the business world like you have, what what general, you know, piece of advice, what nugget of of insight would you give to, to college kids? 
thing I always try to talk about is an intersection between things you're good at and things you like to do. And I know it sounds pretty obvious, but it feels to me the thing that most people miss when they're planning out their career is that I better be thinking about doing things that I like doing and, and I'm good at. And if you find that intersection, it doesn't really matter that much what you do. You know, some people who graduate, they'll go into like management consulting and I worked at McKinsey for a number of years after, after business school. And I always think it's a great place to work because you get this opportunity to work on a bunch of different things and test and try. The same way, hopefully, college gives you an opportunity to take courses in different disciplines. But this concept of staying, being disciplined about really understanding what you want to do is hard. I think a lot of us, we just kind of follow the path. I spent some time in my career for sure, just sort of someone wanted to hire me for something. I said, sure, it's good to be wanted, right? It's good to be, uh, uh, feel a sense that you're needed. And I think that discipline to really force yourself to say, what are those skills I have? And what are the things that really bring me joy when I do work? If you really like working on something, you'll be great at it. If you don't really like working on something, you just can't make yourself great. You can't try hard enough unless you have the passion. That's a, my belief. So I would say focus on that, uh, trying to find those things that get you excited, uh, and, and but make sure you're also focusing on the things you're good at. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Dan Springer, CEO of DocuSign, allowing you to put the old John Hancock on any document you want fully digitally. It's an incredible business, and the stock market and investors have certainly rewarded them. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go, especially as we just will do everything online in the future. DocuSign is one of those companies that's perfectly positioned to take advantage of a world that was already becoming fully digital. The pandemic simply accelerated that trend as Dan talked about. I will be with you guys again on Thursday with another super exciting interview. Stay safe and stay frosty.